press play on the inside inside sales show powered by the sales iq network my name is daryl prale i'm your host and you my friend well you and i we're going on a journey every single week talking to the industry's most accomplished sales legends as they share with us their tips their tricks their techniques and their tactics to become sales rock stars you simply need to do what they're doing and you will achieve similar nirvana if you like to laugh you like to be entertained if you like to go off on tangents and tell stories you're going to love what you're going to hear next sit back relax it's going to get real is everybody doing today oh my friends it is so good to be back i have missed you how are you enjoying the new format do you like the new opening or not i would love to get your feedback i'm already getting lots of feedback i had someone the other day message me and oh daryl your podcast started and you were talking at the beginning and it was so cool and uh, full credit that goes to uh, my good friend stefan who made this custom opening video and uh, and his partner in crime victoria was involved in that too and uh, custom music, custom everything. So God bless them. They are talented, talented people. But let me know what you're thinking. I would love to hear that. Today is an interesting one. So I'll tell you why it's interesting, kids. As you all know, I was most recently the chief revenue officer at Vanilla Soft for the last three years or so. I was there five years, joined as CMO. And uh, I love Vanilla Soft. Need a sales engagement platform? Please check them out love them. Are you in sales, but you're not using a sales engagement tool? Then you're probably losing out on revenue because you are not engaging with prospects at the right time, with the right cadence, and with enough persistency. You need VanillaSoft. Go to VanillaSoft.com. But it was time for me to have another challenge in my life because after five years, I'd got I done what I needed to do and I had the, the I had the, the 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 systems working and humming and I was bored. I was bored. And so now I'm, uh, I've got a role at this company called Agora Pulse. It's a social media marketing platform. You got to check it out because, you know, as I like to say, whether it's Russia invading Ukraine or it's whatever's going on on January 6th or it's whatever Kanye is saying to Kim and Pete about their sex lives, it's all in social media. That's the world. And that's kind of where I'm at. And that's why social selling is getting more and more important. There's a sales reference for you because, hey, it is a sales podcast. But I've set the stage a little for a reason. Because I've got people coming to me now saying, Daryl, you've gone back to being a CMO. And uh, and in full disclosure, I, while I am a CMO, I do own all of the STRs. I am that other, depending on your survey, that one quarter or one third of all CMOs who own the inside sales team. What is the biggest thing you find, you know, between the, the difference in the roles? And I laugh and I say, the biggest difference I find is that I don't get stressed out now at the end of month and end of quarter when we do or do not hit our sales number. I love not having that over me. I'll be honest with you, but I, I love sales. And so my good friend, Jenny, and if you if you missed the episode, it wasn't that long ago, maybe within within 10 episodes, I interviewed Jenny Brennan. Jenny is the head of sales at Agora Pulse. Fantastic conversation. I got more feedback on that episode than I have in, in many others. So check that one out. I am like in like Flynn with her working on her sales team because I do have the CRO experience. I do have the sales experience and I'm a different point of view and I'm free and I'm a fellow colleague. So why not steal whatever knowledge I have and pick and choose what she wants to do in her team God bless her. It's great. So we get along really, really well. 
But we were having this conversation about the differences between being a CMO and being a CRO. And at the same time, I was on this marketing community event for emerging CMOs, and they were asking all these veteran CMOs, I was one of the panelists, and asking us, what's the difference between uh, being a CMO and being you know, a marketer? Which is really no different than what's the difference between a, being a CRO and a sales rep. See how I brought this all full circle here? Marketing, sales, we're all revenue boys and girls. So the difference I was saying is many. For example, one of the things that I learned, and you will never know this until you experience it yourself. So if you're an SDR or a BDR today, or you're an account executive, and you have aspirations of having long-term success in this sales game, you will never, ever, ever get trained on the skills you need to be a sales leader until you're in the sales leadership role, because it has nothing to do with sales. It's about managing people, managing conflict, managing processes, managing technology. All of that is incredible. But everybody thinks that if I'm a good salesperson, I'll be a great sales manager or a great sales leader. And, and because of that, I'll be able to interact with all the other organizations brilliantly. I'm telling you this, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. That's not how it works. It is a completely different world outside of sales leadership. Why do you care about this? You need to care about this for two reasons that I think. One is it affects your ability to be successful in your current job. For you to be successful right now, you need to know how that world is different, number one. Number two, if you aspire for greatness, in your sales career, you wanna be a VP of sales, you wanna be a chief sales officer, you wanna be a chief revenue officer, whatever it might be, you wanna be CEO, who knows? You need to understand how sales contribution interacts with the rest of the organization because I hate to tell you this, every salesperson I see, every newish salesperson I talk to always says, hey, this company needs us. We're the ones who bring all the money in. Without us, you guys are nothing. You're jump change. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. You actually need every single contributor, every person on that bus. But if you come with that attitude, you're going to both fail in your aspirations. I'll tell you right that right now. But you're also going to fail in your current role. Okay, so I'm no longer a CRO. I'm not the guy who can give you that credible answer anymore. Who might be? Who might be, you say? Well, funny. Have you heard of, you know, you know, ever see the show, How I Met Your, I Met Your, was it How I Met Your Mother? Where the classic line, Barney would always say, have you met Warren? Have you met Warren? And then Barney would walk away and poor Warren, in this case, would be left to talk to the complete stranger and introduce themselves and try to strike up a conversation and maybe have a relationship. Warren Zena, he is the founder and CEO of the CRO Collective. See, he's got the CRO game going on. Plus, He's also the founder and CEO of the Zena Consulting Group. Warren, my friend, how are you today, sir? Great, Daryl. Great, great intro. Thank you so much. I couldn't agree more with what you just said. So thanks for having me. Now, folks, I've been, I haven't, I've been, I've been withholding some information. Warren is also an incredible podcast host himself. It's the CRO Spotlight. So I want you, and I want you to tell your bosses to go and sign up right now for the CRO Spotlight. And what's cool about this is it's a B2B podcast for both current and aspiring 
CROs, CEOs, and other leaders are aspiring. So this is my way of saying, did you aspire? That's how we open it up. Go sign up for the CRO spotlight. He's killer. He's dynamite. He's a CRO. Warren, what did I say that resonated with you? What did you agree with? What did you disagree with? And what did I not say to our audience that they need to know? Let's start with that. Yeah, great. Thanks. So I certainly agree with you that the, in my view, the best salespeople have what I call spatial awareness, meaning that they're, they're not only, I guess, like tactically or functionally good at their specific role as sales professionals, but they also possess a very good understanding of the way that their role fits into the entire revenue operation. Because as you said, the way marketing and customer success organizations impact the entire business is critical. And, and I think all too often, the sales organizations in particular can become very myopic because what you just said is true, right? Salespeople, you know, there's a certain type of person that's in sales. There's a certain type of, of a category of personality type. And it, it's not uncommon for salespeople to sort of think that they kind of have a certain swagger in the organization because of the, they, they drive revenue. And that perspective can blind them to the reality that the critical role that marketing and customer success plays in their success. And I think great salespeople know that. So that's one thing I agree with. The thing I think maybe I would part with you on is, while you're correct without doubt, almost all, not, not every, but almost all CROs come from sales. So most CROs are kind of aspiring sales leaders who want to become chief revenue officers. But a CRO is not a sales leader. A CRO is a revenue operations leader. It's someone who oversees the entire revenue function, the sales market and customer success organizations together and brings that cohesiveness, that alignment between all three. And because they come from sales, and this is part of why it is the CRO Collective was created, there's a tendency for CROs to focus almost too much or lean too much towards sales or favor sales. And that creates and is an issue related to that misalignment that I'm hoping that my, my programs are, are intended to fix. So good CROs, and you know this better than me because you were a great one, understand all this stuff. They get how all these functions work together and they're overseeing the entire revenue operation. And, and I believe that an aspiring chief revenue officer should be thinking about this now, not later, so that as you grow and develop your role, you've established a relationship with the other functions. So you understand not, not just how they relate to what you're doing, but also how they work. Like how does marketing work? What does it do? What is the relationship that my prospects have to the marketing they get, et cetera, et cetera. What's gonna happen post sale when I dump my customer into the customer success organization? And how do I impact those things? And how do they affect me? I think those are really critical questions for salespeople to be asking themselves. I agree. So kids, we're gonna talk about that today. We're going to give you a little education on how the process works. Feel free to send us any questions, comments, opinions, feedbacks, of course, on social media. Don't forget to tag Warren and I so we can respond and let's spark a conversation. Hey, go to LinkedIn. Say, Prail and Zena were out there saying this bogus stuff. I disagree with them or I do agree with them. What do you think? Of course, you got to have a poll, folks. If you have a poll, then we have some dwell time. You're going to get reach and life is grand. Okay, so let's start with, I'm going to start with the, the I'll, I'll get, I'll get uh, feisty first and then we'll get like right into it. So when a rep says to you, sales is the center of the universe, without us, they're nothing. This company would die. We are the, we are the, you know, the fuel, the rocket fuel in this, in this organization. 
what, what, how do you respond to them? Do you, you just say nothing? Do you nod your head in agreement? Do you uh, voice a different point of view? What? Yeah, I don't agree. I, I don't think it's correct. Uh, I mean, culturally, I would say that's not a good attitude for anybody in a company to say that their department is most important. It's not good. You know, I, I understand that there's some pride you have in your function and, and that's great. And I think you want to create somewhat individual cultures for each function because I don't think that's a bad thing, but it can't come at the expense of alignment and, you know, a team. I think that I would say that it, it's, that's probably that statement, if it were said to me in the way you just said it, would be an indication that that person lacks an understanding of how those functions really work and they're making a generalization. And if they were to sit in marketing's shoes for maybe a week or two, maybe a month, they'd have a much different perspective on it. So I think it's one thing. And I think that if I was leading an organization and I saw people felt that way, and I tell my CRO uh, clients to do this, have your salespeople sit with marketing and do what they do for a couple of weeks, you know, do a little swap so that they do understand the importance of it. Because, you know, once they see it and they see how difficult it is and how smart marketing people are, and actually how, in my view, again, this is another controversial perspective I have, is how really good marketing can in many cases do the job of really good SDRs. I think that that's not a small thing to say because you know, driving qualified leads is what marketing does when it's done right really well. And so, you know, the, I would say first, you know, whippersnapper, I'd say whippersnapper, <laughs> you know, make sure that you understand exactly what, you, what you're speaking about, because it sounds to me like your, your arrogance may be preceding some ignorance. And I, and I think it's important for you to not, you know, eschew the value of something, particularly people that sit right next to you in the office who are working really hard on something that does matter. That's one thing. And sit in their shoes for a little while. So that's the first thing I would say. And more, more importantly is I would also say you would be a better salesperson if you understood how marketing works. And they say, what do you mean? How could that be possible? Marketing has nothing to do with sales. And they, well, that's, that's not trekked, you know? It's part of a value chain. It's part of a customer experience. It's part of a prospect journey. And, you know, if, if marketing does their job, when you speak to people in the marketplace to try and get them interested, they should be primed in a specific way that makes it easier for you to have that conversation. And marketing, when they do their job, makes that easier for you. And it should be important that that's done. So. I would just want to educate them. And it would be a, a sign to me that there's some misalignment going on in the organization that needs to be addressed. Okay, so many things I want to say to this. A, folks, how many times have you heard me say that? And no, Warren and I did not prep this. This is completely live and dynamic and unscripted. Yeah, we never spoke about <laughs> this. Never spoke about it before. So yeah. it's not just Daryl being an old man, although I do like the reference to whippersnapper. Second, did you hear him use the word eschew? Rich language rocks. Always sounds smart because your customers pick up on that and they project that onto you and then they trust you more. Love it. Third, third is this. This, this whole show, folks, the inside, inside sales show is designed to make you a better sales rep. Well, there's outward facing skills and then there's inward facing skill. Today's more of an inward facing skill. You will rely upon the rest of the people in your organization to make sure you are successful. You have access to the right resources, the right people, the right expertise, the right processes. So you get paid and you, you have what you need. So it's all about relationships. And that's why it's important to understand what the hell's going on. Okay, let's start with the boss. So I'm a sales rep. And it could be my boss, it could be my boss's boss, but I ultimately report to a CRO. Help me, Warren, understand that person. Are they just 
an older salesperson and are they representing all my whines and my laments and all my complaints and my concerns? Are they lobbying on my, on my behalf to get me everything I need and want? Is that their role? Like, help me understand what they're doing when they're in those meetings that I don't see them part of. How are they comped? How are they evaluated for their success? Is it just a number? And I know folks listening to this, many of you know some of these answers. I guarantee you Warren's going to tell you something you didn't know. That's the purpose of the conversation today. So talk to me. Yeah, sure. So this chief revenue officer role is, it's a really weird kind of a situation to answer this question because there's almost, in a way, there's two worlds in this answer because there's the world that needs fixing, which is the CRO who's running sales. And that CRO is someone who probably would benefit from having a bit of a deep recalibration of the way their role is appointed. And that's sort of what the CRO collective is intended to fix. And we can get into that. But in the, in the optimal world, the chief revenue officer really should be overseeing the entire revenue function. What does that mean? Okay, that means that all revenue-related functions of the business, which I say are the customer-facing parts of the business. And the customer-facing parts of the business aren't just sales. They're marketing and customer success. Those two functions touch customers too, okay? And if I'm in sales and I'm nurturing relationships with people, and I know that there are two other functions in the organization that are also going to interact with those same people, those people should be my friend. And they should be people that I should understand. And I should understand what preceded me in my relationship and what comes after me in my relationship. Because that seamless understanding of the way those three relationships work together is going to make a better customer outcome, right? Because there's two reasons. Salespeople are, are measured against closing deals and getting people to say yes and signing a contract. But the company makes more money on customers than it does on new business, right? So I want to put people into the customer bucket because customers are really where opportunities are for an organization. Their renewals, their upgrades, their you know, lifetime value, which is what we want, right? So a good salesperson, as I said before, has that sort of spatial awareness of where they sit in the value chain. And they understand that as critically important as their role is, it's part of a series of relationships that that customer is going to have with the organization. So as a CRO, to answer your question, my job is to understand all three of those. And I want to make sure that when I speak to you as a salesperson, that, you know, well, first of all, just in the right world, you'd have a sales leader who reported to that CRO. So, you know, you may not have a day-to-day -day interaction with the CRO as much as your boss will. But to your question, if you're in a meeting and you see the CRO in the room, the CRO is going to be looking at things a bit differently. The CRO is going to be looking at the sales function from the standpoint of how well is this function right now operating collectively as part of the whole entire way that I bring customers into the company and, and grow them and nurture them? And is the sales process set up in such a way that the customer experience is reflective of customer centricity? Or is it just, I'm just trying to like run a sales organization, which is a lot of pipeline growth and deal closing, which again, there's nothing wrong with those things but they have to be part of a system, not an independent organization. So if I'm speaking to a chief revenue officer, he's probably gonna be listening to me and listening for clues as to what my relationship is in my role to the rest of the organization. Am I incentivized in ways that is in alignment with other organizations? Right now, and Daryl knows this very well, sales and marketing in particular, many times are at war with each other because the ways in which they're measured aren't in sync. Yep. And be, they're not in sync because, you know, things like MQLs and what are not are assigned to each one of these organizations and people are chasing those outcomes as opposed to chasing 
bigger picture system, systemic you know, outcomes for customers. And a good CRO is thinking about how can I do that? How can I make sure that when marketing makes a decision that sales is involved? How can I make a decision that when sales makes a decision, marketing is involved? How can I speak to customer success organizations and get the insights from existing customers or customers that aren't happy? And how do those insights inform the way marketing goes to market and how do sales goes to market? Because customers have really invaluable insights about the product that we're using. And those that should be an informative way that a product goes to market. So if I'm in sales, personally, if I, and I've been in sales my whole life, I go speak to customer service people. And I say, tell me what it is that you're finding the customers you work with are happy with. Tell me the value that they're getting out of the product. Where are they seeing the actual business outcomes from the use of our product? Because when I know that, I'm going to roll that into my sales strategy because those are the things I know that a customer can achieve. And if I can get more data and more data and more data from a customer organization, then I'm going to be a better salesperson. And I don't think that happens enough. I don't think there's enough dialogue going on between these organizations. So a CRO is looking for those connection points and making sure that there's a flow of information and a congruency between the way these organizations work together, all about customer outcomes. That's the way I think you should be looking at your chief revenue officer. Okay, so let me build on what Warren just said with a different tactic on why you should care about the role of the CRO because it affects your success. He uses the term value chain. I could insert a buyer's journey, customer yep. journey, right? It's the same, same thing. Same thing. Yep. But I like, I like his value chain because there's different values at every step of the way. In other words, marketing delivers That's one right. value. Um, you know, the customer finds you often because of marketing and they have a pain and because of what marketing's done, they found you. You deliver another value in sales. And then once you close the deal, customer success who onboard to them, make sure that they are literally successful, adds another value. So it is truly a value chain. Now, why does this matter? Warren just touched on this and I, I want to make sure you understood what he was saying. If, you're if you have a CRO for a boss and that CRO has a typical mandate of owning sales, marketing, and customer success, that's your, that's your textbook definition. Many may just own sales and marketing, for example, but textbook is... Agreed. You, that means you're part of that umbrella organization. And, what, and, and he talked about going to success and asking them what value is given. Let me go one step further. You can go to marketing and say, help me understand what the industry analysts are saying. Help me understand you know, what's out there in the press. Help me understand the, the keywords that are really driving our inbound activity and because you, you want those terms is what you want. Help me understand the content that's really getting a lot of traction because that says that's probably a common issue in your ideal customer yep. profile. And then you could turn around and go exactly what Warren just said and go to success and ask the same question. What's the value we're delivering? What's the impact we're having? What's a typical case study of a person or two or three or four or five and the ROI they've generated and how has that affected their business, right? And now what do you have? You have both sides of the talking points that your prospects care about. You can talk to the marketing stuff, give them the content that they, that is so popular. You can, you can leverage because you probably, when you get the lead, you're more than likely you say, yeah, this is an organic hit. They got to us on these search terms or as a pay-per-click on these search terms. So you, now you know how to talk to them immediately coming in because that's the experience they went through. And then you can actually talk about the soundtrack of what they will achieve if they become a customer based on what success has told you. 
That's your storytelling vehicle to physically, you know, convince them that you're the right solution, of course, assuming you do a proper discovery. So that's why they're your best friends. You are not a lone wolf. You are not a single hunter. You are not an island. You are part of an entire value chain, as Warren said that. So you better get to know your value chain partners in crime. Okay. You talked a little bit, Warren, about the role of marketing, the role of success. I want to ask you a couple questions as it relates to that. Number one, is, is a CRO simply a more senior, more tenured VP of sales? I would say no. And here's why I'd say so is because I think that they're definitely more senior and they're more tenured, but they're not a VP of sales because by that definition you provided, that would indicate that they're overseeing one of the revenue functions, which is, would be, is a mistake. And here's why I think so. We're, we're, what we're seeing now more than we've seen ever in the last, let's say, four or five years is an even larger fragmentation between these functions. And it has many to do with the type of businesses that Daryl, you and I service, which are mostly software-based businesses where there's high scale, high turnover and subscription-based models where the SDR model and the assembly line model is being utilized. It's putting a lot of, put, putting a lot of stuff into the marketplace. And also the financial community, you know, as they invest in companies like these, these funding rounds come with a lot of expectations that drive a lot of behavior from organizations that in many cases don't really think about customers very much. They think more about growth, right? And the CEO is sandwiched in the middle between managing the desire of the board to achieve quarterly results and also trying to make sure that customers get the right experience, which customers don't experience things on a quarterly basis. You know, they experience things on a basis of their own needs, you know, and it could take a longer time. And marketing in particular, marketing efforts in particular, take time to work. You know, it's very difficult to nurture a marketing a campaign, effective one, quarterly, you know, unless you do things that are designed to just think, annoy people and stuff. So a good CRO is helping the C I, I, I Actually, I would say, if I even kind of inject this, I think the chief revenue officer is the CEO of the revenue operation. Boom. We're going to use that one. And that's not my quote. It, it came from somebody else, but I'll, I'll, I'll use it because it's great. So if you think about this, at a mature organization, and when I say mature, I don't mean enterprise, like, you know, like a billion-dollar company, even like a 50 million or ARR, 100 million ARR, company that's still in that kind of growth stage, a CEO puts a CRO in place and ostensibly says, I want you to be the chief executive officer of our revenue operation. Yep. Now, that's a whole different context than being a VP of sales. That's not at all the same thing. And I think if you're thinking about being a chief revenue officer, you should think about, okay, if I were to call myself, or just inwardly, a CEO of a revenue operation, that's a different job. That, that I'm looking over the business of the whole company. I'm actually analyzing all the business outcomes. I'm looking at profitability, I'm looking at CAC, I'm looking at, you know, ARR, I'm looking at, you know, a lifetime value, I'm looking at the cost of sales against, you know, time to market, I'm looking at, you know, how long it takes the value to be achieved to a customer, I'm looking to see how long it takes for them to renew. I'm looking at the product team, and I'm seeing which parts of the product are resonating most of my customers, which parts of the product can I sunset, which parts of the products I enhance, right? And that's not a sales role, that's very much running a business, right? 
So I think a CRO should think of themselves as the CEO of a revenue operation, and they have full reign over how those three functions work together. It's almost like the Army, the Navy, and the Air Force, right? Those three organizations are deployed in a war to accomplish things, and each one of those functions has a very specific tactical capability that's utilized for different ways in which you have to go to, to, to fulfill your strategy. And the general utilizes all three of those functions to achieve their goals. And there's a, someone who oversees each one of those functions who's an expert in those things, but they take the direction from the general who understands how those three things work together and coordinate together to achieve an outcome. And I think you've got to be, think that way. And I think a really great CROs understand this. And, you know, they have great sales leaders in place who are at their, you know, you know, they're, they're, they're under them who do the job and fulfill on that particular function really well. One of the things I want to circle back on what Warren just said, that was, I found uh, a really good reminder was the timelines. All right. So marketing will work on say six to 18 month horizons. That's what they'll work on. Typically sales works on monthly to quarterly horizons. Success can work on yearly horizons because it's all about lifetime yep. value. So you have to stop if you're in sales, you have to stop projecting how you think in your world in your timelines and your expectations onto them. That's not how they exactly. work. Exactly. And you, you know, Daryl, so thank you for saying that because what ends up happening is because sales drives so much of the way that a company operates, companies operate on the same timelines as sales do. And it bumps up against the way other functions operate and how much time it takes for their efforts to see the marketplace. And I think if you measure an entire business based on the sales function, everything is going to try and play catch up with sales. And that's where misalignment occurs. And I think that a good CRO understands the fact that there may be vitamins I take every day that give me day-to-day -day results, but the type of diet that I have, it might take six months for me to lose the weight that I want. So I can't let those two things kind of inform each other the wrong way. After the day, they're part of a strategy. One takes longer but it's supported by one that has quicker outcomes. And I think that's, that's an art and a science, is knowing how each one of these things works and deploying them appropriately. And I don't think it happens enough. I think that's where a lot of this misalignment comes in play. Well, honestly, in my opinion, this is where I get controversial, folks, because you know I hate doing that. That happens when you have a CEO who doesn't understand the revenue process exactly as Warren described it, from marketing to sales to success. They view it only typically through the sales lens. Yep. That also comes when you've got a CRO who only has sales experience and only chooses to view it through a sales lens. So I will be the controversial one here and say, you will be best equipped to be a CRO if you intentionally allow yourself to get some experience in those other disciplines, even if it's only for a period of time, a brief period Agreed. of time. So 100%. that you understand. I agree. Yeah. It's because what's going to happen, right? If you come out of a sales leadership role, which most CROs do, and you're really good at it, you know, you can't avoid this. You're going to favor the sales organization. Boom. You're going to bias it. Yep. It, it's biased. And yep. so that's, and that's going against the, the uh, remit of the role. It's, it's, you know, if you're the CEO of a company, you can't favor one department, right? You, 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 so you have to think of yourself. If I'm the CEO of the revenue department and I'm favoring sales, I'm, I'm not doing my job properly. I can't. I have to give all the revenue functions equal respect. Matter of fact, I should probably be conscientious enough to know that because I come from sales, that I'm probably 
you know, biased against it without it unconsciously biased against it. So I have to make a harder bias against the other ones toward the other ones to compensate for what is probably a natural way that I'm going to be thinking. And that discipline would make you a better CRO. And remember what Warren said early on. Warren said, if you're in sales today, you would do well to put yourself in the marketer's seat, even for just a month, right? Just to understand a little bit about the world they live in. Final question of the day, Warren, then we'll let you go. We are way overdue, but I'm loving the conversation. I'm Now I'm just picking a fight with you. Should SDRs reside in marketing or in sales? Well, if it's an SDR in its current iteration, it's a sales function because that's the way that they're trained and that's the way they're put to market. But if I'm looking at your question, I think the way you're asking it, I, I do believe that what's happened with the SDR model is SDR model has increased the footprint of the sales organization and it's overtaken areas where marketing could be more effective. And in, in a way, what it's done is it's, it's minimized or hampered marketing's ability to do its job. And I think that marketing hasn't been given a fair share, shake. So if you were to take a portion of those SDRs and you were to assign them marketing roles, right, and have them do that, I think you'd probably find an interesting outcome because I do think that the SDR role, when you think about what they're designed to do, they're designed to qualify. That's it, right? qualify. I yep. get that. Yep. I get it. And that's fine. It's, it's an important step. Quali and typically qualify, typically qualify inbound, but not exclusively. Yes, exactly. So, but, but marketing and, and the reason why I think a lot of sales organizations have a negative view of, of marketing isn't because marketing doesn't do a good job. It's because they're not allowed to do the job as fully as they're capable. They're sort of been hampered by the shrinking size of the marketing organizations when they're up against these big, huge SDR organizations. So I think that the coverage should be increased marketing. So marketing is allowed to actually fulfill on its capabilities and you give the marketing organization the freedom to do its job and you'll find that marketing can deliver a really highly qualified lead pool to the sales organization that the SDRs do right now. And uh, honestly, while the SDR role is really interesting and it, it's a good training ground for people and people come out of it with like really great skills, it's a really difficult job. It's hard to hit quota. And I think a lot of people get chewed up in it and they get spit out. And I think that, you know, it, it's, it's a bit of a grind. And it's also hard to get out of the SDR role into something else, you know. It's one of those things where if you're really good at it, it's almost like they just want you to keep doing it, yeah. you know. So I think that there is a battle going on right now in that I'll call it the, uh, the SDR assembly line model where marketing, when given the chance to do really good demand gen-based marketing, which I think really works, frankly, in the way they can. And, and to our earlier point, Daryl, it's allowed the time to seed the way it should. It's incredibly effective. And I think that I'd like personally to see a shift in the way those organizations work together. So whether they should be pulled into a different org, I think it's a matter of understanding the difference between qualifying as a salesperson or qualifying as a marketer. You're still doing the same thing, just doing a bit differently. All right. So for every single sales rep online here, I want you to do one quick little thing. A, two things. I, I'm lying. I want you to make sure your boss listens to this episode and then just get their take on it. Do they agree with us? Do they disagree? Ask them what their life is like. You know, what did we miss? And what is important that you understand if they if you have aspirations of rising in the classic, you know, revenue hierarchy. Second, I want you to go to your favorite marketer on your organization and make them listen to this episode and then say, hey, buddy. You know, if we have a CRO, we're part of the same team 
And you heard Warren say that I should be spending some time in marketing. Same goes to you, Mr. Marketer. You need to spend some That's time right. in sales. 100%. Yeah. Bring sa marketing people into the sales uh, side of the business is really valuable. Really valuable. They, it, 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 it's, a, it's a great practice. I think a CRO should do some swaps like this on a regular basis so that there's more organic uh, development of awareness between the people by those experiences. It's not going to happen just by people sitting next to each other. You have to really be in it. So anyway, I, I think it's a great, a great request. And I would wholeheartedly agree that you should have your, your leaders listen to this and see what their thoughts are and take some, how do you say, be, I'm going to use a big word, Daryl, be perspicacious oh, oh. and go forth and, you know, sit down with the marketing folks, even if you're not asked to, and just say, you know, let, let, learn a little bit more about your world, you know, because here's why, aside from you being a better salesperson, you're going to be a better member of the team. You know, you're going to be smarter. You're going to increase your awareness. And why wouldn't you want to learn, right? It's, it's a great exercise to increase the scope of your knowledge about a business. And I think if you're hungry to learn that, sitting in other departments that are close to you is a great way to develop your own personal career and develop your own skills. Perspicacious. Perspicacious. Perspicacious yeah. Gotta say that right. Having a, a ready insight and understanding, in, a ready insight into and understanding of things. There we go. So perspicacious, eschew. This is a rich yeah. language class today, I'm, I'm tossing him out, man. He's I'm rocking it. Him out today. And trust me, you think he's pretty smart, don't you? It's formulating how you view Warren. Well, guess what? You can learn all you want to about Warren at thecrocollective.com. Share it with your boss. Again, that's for CROs and aspiring CROs. If you like what Warren's talking about, check him out at Zena Consulting Group, of course, zenaconsulting.com. Warren, I'm going to guess, but you correct me, please, if I'm wrong. Is LinkedIn the best way to get a hold of you? Absolutely. Just DM me. I, I'm pretty responsive. If As long as it's not DM spam, I'm very responsive to uh, people writing me on LinkedIn. I like it. That's a good place to start. So in other words, I'm, personalize the invite. Hey, heard you on yeah, the inside. Yeah, I listened to your, exactly. I heard, you, I heard you on the show. It was great. Like, talk to you. I, I'm, I love having these conversations with people. So feel free to do so. And that's Warren Zena. And if you're using the URL, it's linkedin.com slash in slash Warren Z. Or for the rest of the world, including Canada, Warren Zed. Because, hey, Zed is where it's at. We all know that. Just admit it, folks. All right. Yeah. That's it. We're out of time, folks. I enjoyed today's conversation. Instead of it being one about outward skills and how you can drive revenue, it's about inward skills. Understanding your career. Understanding how you fit within the organization and what you need to know to better equip yourself for success. Go make a friend today with somebody in success. Go make a friend with somebody in marketing and for the goodness for goodness sake do not ever 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 say sales is the engine that makes this rocket fly it is not it is however an integral integral component without the whole rocket this puppy never gets off the ground yep my name's daryl that's warren and you my friend have listened to another episode of the Inside Inside Sales Show. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye.